0: Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forevermore. Amen. Please be seated. Well, a very good evening to all of you um, for another Bible preach. Tonight, last time, my beloveds, we talked about the Holy Baptism. We talked about the Holy Baptism and uh, how it's foundational for a, a believer to receive the Holy Baptism. And we couldn't finish it off. And so tonight is going to be the second part to what we started Um, you know, last time. We did cover, uh, we said that how the Holy Baptism brings you into the family of God and makes you the child of God and God becomes your Heavenly Father. Um, Faith alone is, uh, is good, but it's not good enough. Until you receive the Holy Baptism, you cannot be the son or the daughter of God. And we talked how the Holy Baptism, through that, you actually dress up in the temple of God, which is Jesus Christ. He is the temple of God. Tonight, we will continue about the baptism of children as some Christians, with absolute respect, say that we should not be baptizing children because they do not understand what they are doing. Because the Lord Jesus said in Mark 16.16, if you believe and get baptized, you will be saved. So you have to believe and then get baptized, then you'll be saved. Then how can a little baby, uh, whether two months, one month, three months old, whatever, how can they believe yet they don't understand nothing from this world? Have they heard about Jesus? No. Can they know anything about Jesus at this early age? No. So they did not believe. So how can you baptize them? Jesus said, unless you believe and get baptized, then you'll be saved. Well, the Lord Jesus said that for the mature people. He said that for the mature people. Well, we're going to elaborate on that a little bit more. We're going to go into this. Baptism of children. And I'm going to read for you, my beloved, from the book of Exodus, which is in the Old Testament, uh, which Moses has written. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. These are the five books of Moses. Exodus is the second book of the Old Testament. Chapter 14, verses 21 to 22. Moses said, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, which is the Red Sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand, and on their left. In other words, the Lord God, through Moses, by stretching his arm, Moses, the Lord God divided the sea, the Red Sea, which is in Egypt, divided the Red Sea into two halves. So in the middle became a dry ground where the Israelites people walked and crossed ...the Red Sea to go into the Promised Land, Israel. What has that got to do with the baptism of children? Well, I didn't quote it because it's very long. But if you go to the New Testament, because the Holy Bible is one unit. There is the Old and the New. If you go to the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 13 or 14... St. Paul in the New Testament says, the Israelites that crossed the Red Sea, they got baptized unto Moses. So what is this crossing of the Red Sea? The Holy Baptism. Symbolic of the Holy Baptism in the New Testament. And in Exodus chapter 12.37, it says very clearly that those Israelites who crossed the red sea were 600,000 men not including women and children so 600,000 men plus women plus children crossed the red sea now what is the red sea crossing is the holy baptism going into the water coming out of the water into the dry land St. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 he said that was symbolic of the Holy Baptism so were there children that crossed this Red Sea? absolutely absolutely there were children did they understand what, what they were doing by crossing the Red Sea? no but who understood the parents Well, logically speaking, common sense, do children understand when we give them medication when they are sick? No. Can they read the prescription? No. A little baby in the nappy, three months, got a temperature. So, as a parent, what do I say to that little baby? Sorry, my child, I'd love to give you this medication, but because you can't read and write at the moment, So you're not going to understand what I'm giving you. You'll need to mature. So when you're about 14, 15 plus, when you're able to read the doctor's prescription, then you should take the medication. They'll be dead. So on whose consent is the doctor giving the medication? The parents. Because the parents know this medicine is good to heal them. As parents, as grown-ups, wouldn't you want to give Him the ultimate gift to be one with Christ, which is the Holy Baptism? If you know that is the ultimate gift, why are you stopping it from your children? Don't take your children to school because they don't know what they're doing. The principal of the school accepts the children on the parents' consent. So as the principal upstairs, Jesus Christ accepts the baptism of the child on the consent of the parents because the parents say, we believe in You, Jesus. You are the Lord and the Savior of the world. And this holy baptism brings us one into You. We get dressed up in You, my Lord, through the holy baptism. You are the temple of God. And the only way to be dressed up in this temple of God is the holy baptism. That's why, as the parents believe, Jesus accepts it as a consent and registers the child in that baptism. Are you with me? Now, in Matthew chapter 28, Matthew 28 19, which is the last chapter, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 the Lord Jesus is sending His disciples to the whole world. He says, Go to the whole four corners of the world. Disciple them, baptize them, and teach them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Disciple them, baptize them, and teach them. One day, I was in New Zealand, in Wellington, doing some preaching there. And hello to all of our beautiful people in the Wendy Wellington. So I was preaching in Wellington in New Zealand, and one person came after my talk, and he said, I want to ask you a question. Well, he wanted to ask me about the baptism of children. Your church accepts the baptism of the children. This is not Biblical. And he quoted me a few verses from St. Paul's here and there. I said, my dear friend, let me ask you one thing. If you ever want to talk about the Holy Bible, don't ever just get a verse from here and a little verse from here and base your faith on that because that is dangerous. You need to take the Bible as one unit from Genesis to Revelation, Old and New Testament together then talk. Don't quote me a couple of verses, my dear. Because I'll quote you a hundred verses, that baptism of children is biblical. I said, I asked you a question. I was standing on my feet, rushing to go. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, my dear friend, and answer me. The Lord Jesus, you believe that the author of this Bible is the Holy Spirit? Yes. The Holy Spirit is God Himself. Yes, God is the source of wisdom. Yes, good. Can you tell me, my dear friend, why God, through His wisdom, said, go out to the four corners of the world, disciple them, baptize them, and teach them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I said, can you tell me why in this order? Why didn't the Lord say, baptize them, teach them, disciple them? Why in this particular order? Have you noticed it? Couldn't answer. I said, okay, I'll make it easier. What is the difference between discipleship and teaching? Couldn't answer. I said, I'll tell you. And then I'll buy you a fish burger and a chocolate sundae after that. Discipleship is for the mature people. When the Lord sent His disciples, it was a new teaching coming to the world. Gospel meaning good news, happy news. So it was a new teaching. People have not heard of it before like this. So... The disciples of the Lord would have met mature people like yourselves. Imagine I come to a mature person and say, Get baptized, man. Baptize right now. Whoa. What's going on? Can you tell me what's happening? What do you mean baptized? Explain, please. Hello. So what do I need to do for this mature person? Disciple that person. What is discipleship? Make him a follower of Jesus. Huh? I need to sit down with you as mature people and explain to you who Jesus is and what Jesus did and what happened to Him and I am the eyewitness of this Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. When I start talking about Jesus, I am discipling this person to be the follower of Jesus Christ. Then, when I'm finished, I'll say, do you believe in Jesus now? As a mature person, he'll say, yes. Yes. Say, okay, if you believe, then get baptized. When St. Philip was taken by the Holy Spirit and was put on this chariot where this merchant guy going to Egypt, he was reading from the book of Isaiah that merchant, pagan guy. And that chapter was talking about the Lord Jesus' crucifixion, being slain, the Lamb of God. And this merchant could not understand Then Philip said, you don't know what this is about? He said, no. So St. Philip started explaining the verses from the book of Isaiah to this merchant guy. Then at the end he said, I believe in Jesus. Philip said, one thing is missing. You need to be baptized now. The Lord said to the disciples, disciple them, Baptize them and teach them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You will meet mature people, my dear disciples. For the mature people, teach, explain to them who Jesus is, disciple them. So discipleship is for the mature. And when they accept what you have accept to them, and when they believe and accept me as Lord and Savior, then baptize them in my name. And what do you do with the children? Baptize them and teach them in Christianity. So what do you do? For the mature, disciple, baptize. For the baby, baptize and teach. I baptize my child and then I start teaching them about Jesus all their life till they become mature. So they can continue the road on their own with the help and the grace of the Lord Jesus looks like I'm not going to finish tonight this topic I want to talk about this chapter or these verses the Israelites people crossing the Red Sea which is baptism the Israelites nation if you're not aware they were in bondage in slavery in Egypt for 400 years 400 years of slavery by the Pharaoh of Egypt. They copped it so badly. And for 400 years, for four centuries, they were praying to the God of the Israelite people save us, deliver us, bring us out of this slavery. We are sick and tired of of Pharaoh and the Egyptian people because they have put us to the ground. We want to be free from this slavery. God, the Lord God, came after 400 years, chose Moses, an old man at the age of 80, to go and deliver the Israelite nation, the people of God, from the clutches and the grips of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and you can say the world. Moses goes with the power of the Almighty God with him, Ten strikes hits the Egyptian people and the Pharaoh crushes him. And the last one was the Red Sea. When they got to the Red Sea, it was a dead end, closed. They can't cross it. It's very wide and very deep. And tradition says that the Israelites were about two million people. Six hundred thousand men, as it's mentioned in Exodus 12, 37... Not including women and children. So roughly there were two million Israelites. They can't swim. And it's very far. Very deep and very wide. They can't go back because Pharaoh sent his army to slain them all. So the Lord God comes to Moses and says, Stretch your arm. And the Red Sea opens up. And they all walk on foot on the grounds of this great sea. They cross it to the other side. The army of Pharaoh, they run after them. They go into the Red Sea and the Lord God shuts the sea on top of them all. They all drown except Pharaoh. He left him alone. Listen to this. The holy baptism... To escape Egypt and to escape the clutches of Pharaoh, I had to cross the Red Sea to be free. Now what does Egypt and Pharaoh represent here? Egypt, the world. Pharaoh, Satan. The prince of this world. Has he got a grip on us? Satan, yes, and every one of us in a different way. But he certainly has a grip. And as long as I was living in Egypt, as long as I am living in the world, and what I mean the world, as long as I'm doing all the wrong things under the sun, I am under the grip of Satan, Pharaoh. Now what sets me free from the world and Satan crossing the Red Sea, the holy baptism, my beloved. When I am baptized into Christ, I put on the Christ. What is baptism? Dying to myself, being buried with Jesus in the tomb, and then rising in Christ. Because no one dies and can rise again on their own except one, Jesus of Nazareth. Died in the flesh and rose in the flesh by Himself. So the baptism is, I'm um, being nailed on the cross with Him, dying to my old person, being buried with Jesus in the baptismal font. That's why we submerge the baby three times. We dip him in the water. So, when we dip that child, submerge him into the water, they get dressed on the Jesus, the temple of God. They cross the Red Sea they become free from the world and the clutches of Pharaoh, Satan. I crossed the sea. I'm no longer living in Egypt, in this world. However, when I crossed the sea, the Red Sea, did I go into the promised land straight away? No. Did I go into Jerusalem straight away? No. What did I encounter after crossing the Red Sea? The Sinai Desert. Aha! Aha! Are you paying attention? When the Israelites' people crossed the Red Sea, they came across the Sinai Desert. They lived in the desert for 40 years, going in circles because they were breaking God's word all the time. God did not cross them to the Promised Land because they were still breaking His word. What happened? The Lord God. With, the, with his mighty hand, arm, freed them, opened the Red Sea for them. After 40 days from crossing the Red Sea, they made a calf of, of gold and they started worshipping that calf and they said, this calf is the God that freed us and opened the Red Sea for us. b'ri ash on your head. That's an Assyrian saying. Literally, ash on your head. How can you say that this calf, your own hand works, freed you? How can you say that this calf opened the Red Sea, this mighty sea, this great sea? It was the Lord. How easily do we lose track of him, my beloved, when we cross the Red Sea? Now we cross the Red Sea. What do we find? The desert of Sinai. What is the desert of Sinai? for a baptized child your life on earth your life on earth now where am I spending my life in the desert not in the world in the desert what was the world? Egypt after before being a Christian the world for me was Egypt all the temptations brother get down Sabufa khabibi going downtown clubbing yo bro hang around till 3-4 o'clock in the morning that's Egypt after I was baptized I crossed the Red Sea I got free from the world Uh, now I'm living in the desert not in the world but in the desert what is the desert? Uh aha The world now, for me, is a dry, dead desert. So what does that mean? It means nothing for me anymore. Before it was everything for me. But now it's nothing but garbage. Pardon my French. It is now nothing but a dry, dead piece of land worth nothing. What can you get out of a desert? Absolutely nothing except some dust and some thorns. So what value does the desert have for you? Nothing. And I can't wait to leave this desert and go to the promised land, Jerusalem, upstairs. Not the one in Israel, Middle East. Heavenly Jerusalem. That is the promised land. The Jewish got it wrong. They thought it was the earthly Jerusalem. It is not. So when I'm in the desert... And that is my life on earth. What happens? Israelites people made mistakes. They started doing the wrong things again. After I'm baptized, I should be sin free. But after baptism, I I become mature. I I still make mistakes, don't I? Yes, we make mistakes. But I received the Lord Jesus in the baptism. How come I'm still making mistakes? Well, the old person is not dead yet. I explained to you. You know, let's say I go to court. And I'm facing the judge. And after reading the case and studying it all and bringing all the witnesses and all that, the judge turns to me and he says, You have been sentenced to uh, death by hanging. You've been sentenced to death by hanging. Now, have I been hanged right there and then in the courthouse? No. The sentence is gone out. I gotta die and they're gonna hang me from the neck, brother. But I'm not dead yet. I will go and I will await for the fulfillment of this sentence. It could take a year, it could take two years, it could take a month, whatever. So, When I came out of baptism, the Red Sea, I did not go straight into the promised land. What is the promised land? Heavenly Jerusalem. I didn't go straight to heaven. I came into the Sinai Desert. What is the Sinai Desert? My life on earth. How long is it? One year? One hour? Twenty? Fifty? A hundred? Whatever it takes. Whatever God has given you. That is... Your sentence has not been fulfilled yet. The judge said, God, the old person, the cheeky little bugger one, is sentenced to death. Baptism is death. Burial. Dying with Jesus. But the sentence hasn't taken place yet. Why? Because the Red Sea is the start to leave the world and Pharaoh to be free, you need to be baptized. So what is the Red Sea? The beginning of your life. Then you come across the Sinai Desert, your life on earth. And to get to the promised land, you need to cross the Jordan River. The word Jordan means death. The word Jordan means death. To cross to thee, promised land Jerusalem you must die take off the body and the spirit goes into the promised land upstairs but between the Red Sea, baptism the Jordan River death there is your life on earth Sinai Desert and what happened in the Sinai Desert one day I was good and one day I was bad one day I did the right thing and one day I stuffed up. I'm Christian. But my old person hasn't died yet. Sentence has been, pa- has been said but it has not been fulfilled yet. So my life on earth is the awaiting period for that sentence with God, which God the judge has passed for me to die. So I have to die. But I'm waiting my sentence living in this desert in this world, and this life. Sometimes I go, do good things and sometimes I do bad things. Why? When I do good things, is the new person that I put on, the Christ and the baptism, surfaces up. And when this new person that I put on through the Holy Baptism surfaces up, I'm a good boy and a good girl. But every now and then, the little cheeky bugger, the old person of mine, which has been sentenced to death, but has not been punished yet or has not been fulfilled that sentence yet surfaces up also every now and then and makes me do the wrong things. I don't want to lie but sometimes I do. I say to my mom, I'm going to my friend's house but I don't. Did you do your assignment? Yes, but I didn't. Where have you been? At school, but I wasn't. I was hanging around Mac his brother and looking at good sheilers going and coming bro. And then me mate rang me out, right, and he said, mate what are you doing, nothing bro. He's got the whole time under his sleeve, can't you find something, no mate it's a boring life brother. So would you like to go downtown? Yeah, man, of course, bro. I'm coming. Choo. Faster than Superman. Sit in the car and drive downtown. My parents said, you got to be back home. It's a Friday night or a Saturday night. And you've got to be back home the latest 12 midnight. Well, my friend, my parents are old-fashioned They come from South Lebanon and from Iraq, Bakhshika. They don't understand. Time, the day in Australia starts at midnight. They expect me to be back where the day is just about to begin. And the party is on, brother. So, forget about them. I'll say, yeah, no worries, mom, dad. I'll be home 11.59. And Cinderella loses the shoe and the clock hits the 12 midnight. And Habibi Sargon is somewhere in King's Cross. With one shoe. <laughs> he comes back at 5 a.m. The sun is up. The stars have disappeared. And he goes to sleep. Sunday morning. 5 a.m. he puts his head on the pillow. 7.30, mom or dad wakes him up. Let's go to church. Ahoot! If there is anyone annoying, of course, he just woke up. You know, Well, he just went to sleep and he just woke up, so he's lost his voice. If anybody's annoying you, Dad, you get on my nerve. I swear to whatever. If I get up, I'll give you an uppercut, Dad. Leave me alone. I'll go next Sunday, okay? Leave me alone. But that Sunday never comes. (laughs) Intuition. And poor parents have been praying, hitting in their hearts and their chest, knocking their heads on the walls, but nothing is happening. Same old, same old, in and out, in and out, in and out. When will ever time comes to say to that old person, shut up, I'm not going to go downtown, I'm going to go to bed early, because tomorrow is Sunday, my sweetheart Jesus is waiting for me. I'll give up everything just to have a moment with my honey, with my bridegroom who purchased this wedding ring with his own blood, his life. Isn't he worth it that I give up an hour or two of my time? For the one who gave his whole time just to be with me and for me. I believe it's worth it. So sometimes, and the best thing is always say to that old person, go back to your grave. You're not going to have what you're asking for. I'll make my Jesus happy. So shut up, old self. Jesus, see you in the church in the morning, <sniffs> Habibi. Habibi. And after church, Jesus, I take you for a McDonald's drive through and buy you not only chocolate Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We need to say to Egypt, you're behind me now. Of have the Red Sea, I'm a baptized child. Pharaoh, Satan, and Sea, you later, alligator. And Egypt, I don't want it, no matter what you give me. And Egypt was a beautiful nation, and a beautiful country, with everything that you wanted was there. And whatever we want, these days we can get. The press of a button. It's so easy. But we need to have some self-control and sometimes say no. Make Jesus happy and say, Lord, I am baptized in You. I have put on the armor of the Almighty God. Jesus, I want to be the new person. I want to be the new person that You are pleased with, that You are happy with. This time, you know what, Lord, I'm living in the desert. And who lives in the desert? What is a desert? Desert is not my hometown. So if it's not my hometown, when what am I to that place? A total stranger. A Christian in this world is a total stranger. Do the people of this world like strangers? No. Imagine a stranger comes into your home. You'll give him a good bash. How dare you come into my territory? And a good Christian, when they go into this world, the world through Satan, they erupt on that Christian and say, How dare you You come into our territory? Get out of our hometown. And you should say, I don't want it already Anyway belong there because my life on earth is a desert. I'm a stranger in this world and what does a stranger do? Leaves. The Lord Jesus once said a beautiful parable and the parable was and I'll finish off on this. The parable was he said there was a certain man coming down from Jerusalem going to Jericho Habibi and while he was going down get down. While he was going down, uh, robbers came and they bashed him up. And they left him between death and life on the side of the road and walked away. Anyway, to cut it short, he said, a Samaritan came where this uh, injured person was and he showed mercy on this injured man. He poured wine and oil bandaged him up. He put him on the donkey that he had and took this man to the hotel. Took him to the hotel. That man that was coming down from Jerusalem to Jericho is our father Adam and all of us. We brought God's word and we got kicked out of Jerusalem going to Jericho. This world, baby. And while we were walking... Satan came and bashed us up, robbers. And then the Samaritan came and showed mercy. The Samaritan is Jesus of Nazareth. Came in the end of times, became human like us to show his mercy and to heal us from the wounds which Satan afflicted upon us. He bandaged me up. He is the owner of Jerusalem. He could have taken me back to heavenly Jerusalem again. But instead, he decided to take me to where? Hotel. Why? What is the hotel here? His church. The church that we're in. That is the hotel of God. Jesus. Why did he make me to the hotel? The church. Who come to church? Christians and those who want to be Christians. Those who want to follow Christ. They come to his house. The church is the hotel. Now, I ask you one thing, my beloved. Who goes into the hotel and checks in? Can you tell me? Or, is, in other words, why do we go and check in into a hotel? Why? Hmm? To, stay to stay there. But why? Yeah, I know, to stay there. That's good. That's true. But why do we go and check in into the hotel? Hmm? To rest? Yes. But, true, to rest, to stay there, it's all true But we go into the hotel Because we don't know one in that country I'm talking in general I know you can go to a city and go into the hotel But you still live in Sydney But imagine you go to a country And you don't have any relatives, any family members Any close or distant friends You don't know no one You are a total stranger in that country What do you do? The only place for strangers is the hotel. True? So you go and check in. You know for sure, 100% that this hotel that you checked in is not yours. And nothing. All the furniture, the bed you sleep on, the, the soap that you wash your face with, the brush, the towel, Everything is not yours. Nothing is yours. And you know for sure, just like you checked in, 100% a time will come you will check out. You walk in, the way you walked in is the way you're going to walk out. The Lord, after healing us, giving us His baptism, giving us His Holy Eucharist, bandaging up the wounds which Satan bashed us up with. He took us to the hotel, the church. He said, my church is for those who say, I'm a stranger. I don't have no one in this world. Jesus says, well, you got me. My house is for strangers only. So when you are coming into the hotel, When you check in is the time when I'm born. And when I check out is the time when I leave, pass away. What have I taken from this world? Absolutely nothing. It is not mine. It is the Lord's. But what will I take with me? My deeds. My deeds. Whether good or bad. But we thank the Lord. By believing in Him, by being baptized in His name, by receiving His holy body and blood, my wrong things are washed away and I leave this world with good deeds only, in Him. And then when I come and I finish my journey in in the desert of Sinai, I will reach the Jordan River. To cross the Jordan River, is the separation of the spirit from the body. I pass away, then I enter the promised land, Jerusalem in heaven. I go to my daddy's house. Say, hello daddy, I'm coming. Will you accept me in your most beloved son, Jesus Christ? And our father will say, of course, he who cries to me and call upon upon the name of my son Jesus, I will never turn you away. Because in Jesus, even if you die and go to the depth of Hades, of hell, I will bring you out in one piece intact. Jesus, my beloved, is the answer, the solution for every problem, every obstacle, every issue we have in our life. What is my issue? What is chaining me up? What is locking me up? What is stopping me from coming to Jesus? What is pulling me away from Him? What kind of heavy burdens am I carrying? And they are drifting me away from Jesus. I really want to come, Lord. But there is a big wave coming and pulling me away and pushing me away from You. And the things that I don't want to do, I'm doing. Yet the things that I'm dying to do, to put a smile on Your face, I'm failing to do, my Lord. Help me, Jesus. You gave me Yourself and the Holy Baptism. Please, sustain me and support me while I'm passing through the desert of Sinai. While I'm passing through this journey of my life on earth, hold on to me, Lord. And when I walk away, bring me back, Jesus. The old person in me is coming on, on you know, is surfacing up and is pulling me down. Lord, Give me the strength. Give me the courage to control that old person and don't let that old person to control me. Because in you, I'm a new creation. I'm the new Adam. I am the new living being in Jesus Christ. Keep me, protect me, preserve me holy as you are, my Lord. Amen? Amen. So what are we going to do? Guys, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying for you to go unlock yourself up in your room so you don't go out and make, you know, and be open up or susceptible to making mistakes. But what I'm saying, take Jesus wherever you go. Take the Lord. Don't leave him behind. Take Jesus wherever you go. And pray to him to help you so that you can do the the things that make him happy. Pray to Him. Say, Lord, I want to change. I want to become a better person. I don't want to just go and have fun my way. I want to have fun Your way, my Lord. Let me and allow me to please You, Jesus, for a change. I've been pleasing Pharaoh, Satan, for a long time. How about, my Lord, strengthen me to please the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. Amen. Baptism is one of the seven sacraments of the Church of Christ. The true Church of Christ is one of the seven sacraments. And the Holy Spirit works through these seven sacraments to save the people in the name of Jesus Christ. One of them is the priesthood rank. the other one is baptism, the other one is the Holy Eucharist, the forgiveness of sins, and so on and so on. So, baptism is vital, my beloved, to be part of the Lord Jesus um, and there are so many verses that children are also, were also baptized at the time of the disciples. It is not a new thing, it is not a new teaching, and it is absolutely 100% biblical that we must baptize children. Finish it off on this. In Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 3, the Lord Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, And and the Lord says, If one is not baptized with water and spirit, cannot see the kingdom of God. If one is not baptized with water and spirit, cannot see the kingdom of God. If you are not born again. And unfortunately, uh, some people took that and they said, You have to be born again to be saved. And they done a group for themselves. Born again, with all the respect, you know, with all the respect, born again is the holy baptism. It's not when I accept Jesus and say, please Lord, come into my life and uh, be my Lord and my Savior as a mature person, then I'm a born again. No, born again is baptism. When I say to Jesus, come into my life and save me and be with me, this is what the Bible calls it, renewal of relationship. I need to live with Christ on the renewal relationship always. What is renewal of relationship? That means every day is something new. So, the relation to, so that the relationship does not go stagnant and boring. You know when two are in a relationship, if every day it's the same routine, After a little while, it's just going to be hi, bye, rah rah rah. It's very boring. But every day, a new thing that keeps the relationship always in the honeymoon stage—fresh, bubbly, cheerful, happy, joyous, contentment. So what do you do? So one day, as a man, you wake up and say, "Good morning, honey. How are you today?" Don't repeat that the following day. The following day say, good morning, my flower. The next day you say, good morning, my sugar one. The day after you say, good morning, my life. The other one, my wife. And the hundredth one, good morning, shlikta Good morning, pain in the neck. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, You need to be on a renewal of that relationship. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Every day, I should say that. Every minute, every moment. This is the renewal of the relationship. But what is born again into Christ? Baptism. Holy baptism, my beloved. So the Lord says to Nicodemus, if one is not baptized, now the word one, covers everyone, if one is not baptized with water and spirit, cannot see the kingdom of God, well who is this one, that the Lord is talking about, anyone, a little baby is one, and a mature person is one, all of us are that one, and because it's a birth, So who gets born? Everyone. Bambinos and mature people. They all get born. So we need to be born into Christ. Baptism is for everyone. Little kids, mature people. And as I said, disciple the mature, baptize. Baptize the little children and teach them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alright guys. Thank you very much. Let's stand for the Lord's Prayer please. Thank you very much. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you very much, and may the Lord...